Welcome into the Lemon Pepper Parlay Basketball Edition. I'm your host, Martin Weiss. Mark Gunnels, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. Ready to see you again. It's exciting. I only do it once a week, man, so it's a pleasure every time I get to be with you, man. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you this right now. When I woke up this morning and I saw my Twitter timeline, I knew today was going to be a great day. Didn't matter what happened. It's been raining in California. I don't care. Gas gas is, is, is five seventy five a gallon. I don't care. You know what? Uh, there's wars going on. I care about that a little bit, but nothing, nothing can, can, can knock today. Because here's the thing. The New Orleans Saints... Are playing Taysom Hill at tight end. Oh, that's what it is. And okay. the New Orleans Pelicans <laughs> featuring the kids that LeBron said weren't good enough to win with. Just beat them. And Anthony Davis and his and his ankle. After they blew a 23-point lead. And I missed it live because I was watching Chris Rock slap Will Smith. Oh, I was watching Will Smith. Slap Chris Rock in the face. So all of this was happening, but the biggest news of the day, Taysom Hill is back at tight end. But you know what? We can talk about all those great things in a little bit. Let's talk about the one thing I got wrong. <laughs> I, I The last time we spoke, I said unequivocally, there's no doubt in my mind and in anyone else's, there's been no evidence that Kyrie Irving will be able to return to the Brooklyn Nets to play home games. Eric Adams said, I heard that, and I took it personally. <laughs> and he decided immediately to switch it up. They're calling it the Kyrie curve out where it's really, I don't know, maybe they didn't have an, a, a, a clever name off the Aaron Judge. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Because that's really what we're talking about here. It's the Giancarlo Stantons and the Aaron Judges of the world as to why professional athletes can now participate in games uh, in the state of New York or in the city of New York. But Kyrie is back. Brooklyn has the second best title odds. Mark Gunnels, what say you? Yeah, I, I don't buy it at all. Um, then with the second best title odds, that basically just tells me there's a lot of people out there are, are just suckers, man, because they have no chemistry. They haven't played what? I don't know how many games they played together this year, but obviously Kyrie's been a part-time guy. And considering they're going to be in the play-in, like – we're not even sure they're next. Make the final eight. They might not even make the final eight. And if they do, you got to play who in the first round? You got to play maybe a Boston. They lost Robert Williams though, so that hurts. Maybe a Philly, but you got to play three really good teams theoretically to get to the finals. To even get to the finals, being in the eight seed, and I just I don't buy that at all. They're just to me they're too up and down. Like sure, they play no defense too. By the way, no defense, none. And, and, you know, the the counterpoint would be like, well, you know, I could just score 150 points. Well, okay, well, what happens when you have a game like Kyrie comes back at Barclays? And don't get me wrong, he's been firing it up recently, like 50, 60. My bad. But, you know, he, he could go 6 for 21 in a game. It can happen. It can definitely happen. And it happened uh, when they blew a 14-point lead versus the Hornets in Barclays. That was supposed to be the big... No, 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 no. That wasn't the big Kyrie is back game. That was the big Kyrie is back game. The big Kyrie announcement game was the Memphis game that they lost to John Morant, without John Morant. Like, that Memphis team apparently is very, very good. Obviously, John Morant sat with uh, with knee soreness. They still got their doors blown off. They go against the Hornets. One of the first things that I remember you saying on Lemon Pepper Parlay was that uh, 
you know, the Charlotte Hornets, they're the worst defensive team in the league. They don't play defense at all. I believe you said that you and me could go out there and score some points. Yeah. Well, maybe if they had me and you out there, maybe that would have been a better scenario. <laughs> Probably not, but they still blew a 14-point lead. And it's to your point, they don't play any defense. So you're going to blow big leads because that's how you stop. That's how you don't blow big leads is because you're going to go cold offensively at some point, right? So what do you, how do you not blow a big lead? Play good defense. Case in point. Yeah, 100%. I mean, and then when you look at this, I mean, the West, they have – I know Golden State's been looking kind of weird lately, but to their credit, they haven't had their full roster pretty much all year. I still believe when you got Steph, Draymond, Clay together, they're still a viable threat. The Suns, obviously, they're probably their favorite, as you could imagine. They're the best team in the NBA right now. And then your Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, I'm going to say your Memphis Morants, you know. They're a team that could legitimately make a run. I'd like their odds to maybe go to the finals as well. I think all three of those teams are better than Brooklyn. I really honestly do believe that. And then we're not even looking at counting the East. Like I said, man, like they're going to have a hard time getting out the East. Like with Kyrie being gone, KD missing a lot of time, it put them in a bad position seeding-wise. Because at one point, believe it or not, they were the one seed at one point, Martin. I don't know if you remember that. It was kind of a, a while back when football was still going on, you know, but they, Very were, the, early in the they, year. Were, they were the one seed at one point. And then they now they're looking at the plan. So good well, luck went, getting out they, of that. What, what was the stretch that they went on? Like it was like five for twenty. It was like, bad. They won it was something like, like that. It was really they bad. lost like some nineteen games in a row. That was when I was out. I was that was right then. Right then I was like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm done. There's no way a title contending team is losing 15, 17. And, and you know who that points to? Seven games in and, a row? And you know like, who that points to? Look who their head coach, Steve Nash. Yeah. I, I don't think you were ever in on the hire of Steve Nash. You know, obviously, oh, he has talent, so you're going to win games, right? Kind of like how Luke Walton won like 20 in a row with the Warriors when Steve Kerr was gone. Now he got a head coaching job, and, oh, he's a good coach all of a sudden. No, that's exactly who Steve Nash is. They don't respect him. I mean, Kyrie even said, we don't need a head coach. <laughs> we don't even need a head coach. I mean, come I on. <laughs> I'm, here for, I'm here for your players having power and so on and so forth, but I think that at a certain level – there's jobs that they've done these jobs historically in a certain ways for a reason. Like my other big comparison would be the player. I mean, the, uh, the head coach slash GM in football, like sure. You could point to the two couple examples in which it worked, but that's because it failed a bunch of other times, right? Like that's why you look at, you can look at like a guy, like even Andy Reid doesn't have complete player control. I think the only head coach in the NFL right now that has complete player control I can think of is Belichick. And you know, We'll see what happens now that he doesn't have his quarterback, right? We'll see how, We'll see where that goes. But, like, conversely, we, I, I watched a whole documentary over the summer of 2020, six and a half some hours long, about how Michael Jordan didn't bang with damn near nobody in the Chicago Bulls front office, nor coaching, whatever, right? But you know what he did do? He got six chips, right? So I don't... I don't know which one is better or worse. I just I, it interests me in a way because I think that you see with guys like Steve. The reason why Steve Nash is the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets is because Kevin Durant wanted him to be ostensibly right. Like that's why. And I just you know the reason why a lot of things are the way that they are in the NBA currently is because the best player, the star player, demanded it to be such a way, or. Passive aggressively made it such a way that if you don't kowtow to this, then it's going to be ugly, 
right? It's gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do what I'm gonna do. I'll James Harden fat my way out of here. And to, your, to yeah, you gonna bring up Ben Simmons? <laughs> because no, we can talk uh, about I thought she was gonna go there. Well, like because you, I mean, and then you look at you look at the the Brooklyn front office. You ostensibly traded James Harden for Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. Like is Ben Simmons, Simmons gonna is play? A factor. Exactly. At least James Harden is playing. I mean, I know he's been kind of struggling, but at least he's there. He's giving you something. So Ben Simmons. I mean, at this point, I have to imagine he's not gonna play. So you kind of, in a way, punting on this year. I mean, yeah, you got Kyrie and KD, but, I mean, is that really enough to where you can feel confident that we're going to win a championship? Like, you don't have that third piece, and you got Ben Simmons thinking, oh, okay, he's that elite defender. He can guard one through five, and now he can take pressure off of Kyrie and KD of handling the ball so much because he's a good passer. And he's not even there. He's not even there. I mean, he's there on the sideline looking cool, but he's not on the court. I will say <laughs> this. Ben Simmons' wardrobe. His drip is amazing. His drip, his, drip is, style. his drip is nice. <laughs> the boy got style. The boy is up there. And you know what I'm saying? He's not like a Kuzma, where like a Kuzma, you look at it and be like, yeah. all right, I see where you were going. Like, he's not like a Russ. Like a Russ, you're like, all right, bro, like mm-hmm. you just you just pick three things. Yeah. Why do you even have that in your closet, Russ? Why do you, <laughs> that's a construction worker's jacket. Yeah. Kuzma, you're like, okay, you really, really tried hard for this. You try hard. Yeah. Ben Simmons. He looks natural in his, you know what I'm saying? He looks like he's supposed to be wearing what he got on. It's clean. He fly with his. It's clean. He fly it's with clean. his. He got a lot of, he got a lot of uh, time to, you know, flip through, you know, catalogs or whatever, scroll, you know, scrolling on the phone. I mean, I can't tell you the last time, he, you know, <laughs> he's played basketball. Man. That's... But my favorite thing is this, you know, if Ben Simmons can come back and do, like, bro, ben, the last, me and Ben Simmons have played the same amount of basketball professional basketball in, in, in the last nine year nine months. Yeah, I was, I was <laughs> going to say that. basketball in general. You probably played more. I've seen you at the Y. I heard you be at the Y sometimes, man. <laughs> I, look, you know what? I'll say <laughs> this. We both we both probably shoot a similar percentage from three. Oh, so I'm man. not trying to make it seem like I'm some I'm some great shakes, right? <laughs> All I will say this. The only, the only thing that I believe that I could do in a professional setting, professional sports setting, that I believe that I would be – above like at least league average at is shooting free throws okay okay is shooting free throws yeah so like that is the one thing that i'm like bro you can't make 65 percent of your free throws i'm not saying you got to make 85 or 90 you can't make 65 bro yeah it's all the same the line don't move there's no defense yeah i get that there's a crowd and then all this and that and there's you know pressure but like, just make the free throw. Yeah, just make the free throw. Uh, I def, I just just make your free throw. You know what's crazy like, to me? Like it would actually for me it would be easier to shoot free throws on the road when it's really loud versus at home when it's super quiet and you can hear a freaking penny drop. Like that would make me more nervous because like everybody's quiet. Like that's weird. Like ah, I don't like. See, it. I was and I was a good free throw shooter in high school. I was a decent shooter in general, but I was I was a pretty good free throw shooter. What's your percentage? So probably? like. In your lifetime, uh, on average, give me what do you give me a number? I was eighty, oh, above eighty-two percent. Oh, okay, okay. I was, I was you're, like, you're I was like, you're shooting the technicals. Yeah, I was exactly. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like the technical free throw shooter. Like the thing you have to do when you're shooting your free throws, you just look at the rim, because the rim ain't moving, and then it's just that's all you gotta do. Just, just look at the rim, block everything that's out, because nothing else matters. 
and just put the ball in the rim. Just put the ball in the rim. So watching Ben Simmons be afraid to shoot free throws, be afraid to like, you know what I'm saying? That's the one that gets, I just, come on, bro. Yeah. Like you're not even, and people call LeBron afraid to shoot free throws as he's, because he'll be going to the rim or something like that and he'll make the pass out to the three-point shooter. I think that's overblown. I think that there's maybe some instances in which, like, sure, you want to talk about holding the ball out like this when he had Steph on him in game one of the finals. I think that's one, if you're Skip Bayless, that's probably your number one ammunition spot, right? Like, what are you doing? Go to the rim, right? But I think in general, it's overblown. Ben Simmons was just, it's like having a quarterback that can't throw to the left side of the field. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or like having a, having a running back who can't block. Like it's a this is a fundamental part of what you need to do here, and you're not and you just are opting out. I haven't talked about Ben Simmons in a while. I guess I, that just was in me. I didn't know I had all yeah, that energy I, towards. I apologize him. for that pivot there. I got you all riled up, man. <laughs> it's all right. It's just the idea that this guy took an epidural two week last week, and he's expected to be like a, a high level all NBA type of talent as soon as he walks back on the court. And that's what's going to be the, the thing that solves this Brooklyn Nets problem is just it's it's mind-boggling to me. And if you can hear my voice and you want to bet on the Nets to win the finals, I will take your action. I'm sorry, FanDuel, but sometimes I got to get this money. <laughs> well, as we're on the topic of the player empowerment era, we have to go to the king. Both King James and the king of the player empowerment era, LeBron James and his Lakers. Mark Gundles, you told me all the Lakers had to do was win. That's all they had to do was win, and they'd be in the play-in. However, since we last spoke, they haven't done that. Simply just haven't won. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Do you still believe that the Lakers are a tough out? I mean, they might not make the play-in at this point, so it's hard for me to answer that question. I mean, if, well, like, oh. if, if I mean, if I still got a, if I still got LeBron, and if you're telling me AD's coming back and they're in the plan, I still will agree with that statement that I made. But now LeBron twisted his ankle once again. He's doubtful for tonight's game against Dallas, and who knows how long he's going to be out. I mean, and the Spurs are only a game behind them, so there's a real chance that they could miss the plan now. And I didn't think that was a realistic possibility here last week on this very great show of ours. So. Yeah, I'm 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 in shambles. I, I'm in shambles. You could pack me up. Um, yeah, I, I can't believe that game, man. Up 23 points in the second half. I was like, okay, they finally are coming through. They said before the game, this is a playoff type of game. Russ and them, LeBron, they were like, we're taking this game very seriously. And they came out looking that way. They looked dominant. That looked like the team that I was like, they are going to be a tough out. And I know you were thinking the same thing when you were watching it when they were up 23. You're going to deny it now because they end up losing. I already know. But in that no, moment, no. in that I moment, you were like, okay. That. You were like, probably like, okay, I see them. I see y'all. Okay. Oh, you have to understand, I've been watching this Lakers team for like 70-something games. I am not worried. If Hey, honestly, whether they go up big in the first half or go down big in the first half, they're going to they close the gap eventually. It's just about what happens in the fourth quarter because that's that's really where it boils down to. They have LeBron come out, hit a big three, hit another big three, and then Russell throw the ball out of bounds, like out into the street, and then the team just shuts down. Like, that's just the story of the Lakers this year. But, but I'll say I did think that I thought there was a level of, okay, 
LeBron is going to not he LeBron is going to will this to happen, right? He's going to will it to happen. And then when he got hurt, I was like, well, this is going to be tough. <laughs> this is going to be tough. Even though I already didn't think it was going to happen, after he got hurt, it was like, all right. And then but then to hear him go after this is the thing about LeBron. He is so dramatic. But he goes into his post game and he goes, you know, I can't believe that I'm actually walking around right now. I was like, well, I, you know, I can because I saw you just play basketball. So I can believe that you're walking, you know. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hurt my ankle, but I saw you just running and jumping. So I can believe now that you're walking. Apparently he might, you know, he might miss tonight versus Luka and the Mavs. But Anthony Davis, as you said, is questionable. Is I mean, I – I was told Anthony Davis was the type of guy that could take over a team, even though he only went to the playoffs once in New Orleans. Hmm. Well, I, I don't subscribe to that notion. Uh, I never did. I know you're probably talking about other people out there in the media that were saying that or fans, but uh, I never subscribed to that. I always thought he was a perfect number two. Um, I doubt he's going to play tonight, though, especially if LeBron's not going to play, which I doubt he will. They don't want AD to carry that type of load in his first game back. And obviously, he'll be on a minutes restriction. So, they're going to punt this game, man. I saw the line. I think it's, what, Dallas minus 11. So, that tells me right there that LeBron and AD are not playing tonight. What do you think the line would be if LeBron if, if LeBron was playing? If just LeBron was playing? Well, it's hard to handicap it with AD because he and his AD's been off for yeah. 30 games. So, so like, yeah. So, if it was just LeBron, I'll say Dallas minus six and a half. I guess 11 is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. All right, six and a half, seven. I can, okay, okay. All right, I, 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 I can swallow that. that. That line feels better then. But it would definitely be Dallas by more than six and a half might be on the low side. Maybe eight. I think maybe like. But like Dallas Dallas, Dallas minus 10 will be a line. I'll be like, oh, I can't bet that. But they're going to win this game by more than 10. <laughs> but yeah. I can't bet it yeah. though. Yeah, I yeah. can't bet it. Though. I, I tried to do that. I got too cute yesterday. I bet the Sacramento Kings. It's like they're gonna lose, but they're not gonna lose by more than thirteen. Come out in the first quarter. I mean, I don't think they even came within thirteen at any point in the game, except for zero to zero. I mean, oh, that's just, so that just goes to show you. But I mean, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. Lakers are cooked. They don't have five playoff games in them. I don't see it. I don't at, see so it. at this point, do they make the play-in? They're only a game up on the Spurs. <laughs> I, I, this is why I wish I had just said it with my chest two and a half weeks ago. I said, this Lakers team is not in the play-in at all. I don't think they're going to make the play-in. I haven't thought they were going to make the play-in. Like, I, and I don't even know how motivated they are to do so at this point. Like, LeBron's got to know. They got to know that this team is done for. I'm not saying he's not out there trying to play hard. He's not going to, like, he's going to disrespect the game. But he's got to know that this team is cooked. Finito, finished. They can't hang with a Phoenix, Memphis, Golden uh, State. So you don't, think, you don't think there could be some type of delusion in the world where you could think, hey, if you give me AD, we can play with anybody. I like my chances. I'll roll the ball and see what happens. I don't think so because I think that they realize that they're going to have to run out Russell Westbrook for 35 minutes of a playoff game. Like I think that's that that to me is the I think honestly that's the rub. That's really what the rub is. And I think if you had Russell Westbrook and he was swapped for Buddy Hield or something like that, you'd be like, "Yeah, roll him out. We can play with anybody." I think that's all summer what they were saying, "Roll him out. We can play with anybody." And then Russell Westbrook came and said, "Oh, wait, 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 wait. 
I don't think we can play with anybody no more. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I, I can't do it. I, I will say this, though. Westbrook has been playing a little bit better as of late. Which is the same much three and seven in their last ten. I'm with yeah, you. He yeah. hasn't been. Yeah, he hasn't <laughs> been terrible. He's been shooting fifty percent from the floor. I watched him with my own two eyes make two, two three pointers. Right. You know what I'm saying? Some of the whole Russ blooper reel shit is kind of calmed down a little bit. All right. Some of the more ridiculous, just head scratching turnovers. You don't see him as much. Or the shots that are hitting the side of the backboard from the top of the key. Types to like he's like, bro, who are you? Who? What, what yeah. did the monsters do to you? I get it. <laughs> all of that is true. They're still three and seven in their last ten. Yeah. I with all it. of that being yeah, true, I get it. I can't defend it no more, man. I'm cooked. I'm freaking cooked, man. Ah, that one took their life out of me, man. Up 23 against the Pelicans. I thought that was over for sure. I was even about to text you. I was glad I didn't. I was going to text you and be like, you see, they're in playoff mode now. And, and you know what? I would have texted you back. All that matters is the score at the end of the game. <sighs> yeah, you're right. You're right, man. You're right. Although I do, if I were to pick them to win, any game going forward, they got the Mavericks, the Jazz, the Pelicans, Nuggets, Suns, Warriors, Thunder, and Nuggets again. I think they might beat the Jazz and might beat the Thunder. I could see those two being wins. I know I said, the rest, I, you don't think they'll beat the Pelicans? Bro, I think that's the thing that people are sleeping on. The idea that the, the, like, the Pelicans are the, the first iteration of LeBron's Lakers. Like, like those are the, like Brandon Ingram, and I, I know Josh Hart's no longer there, but he, but you know, because he got traded for a, a functional NBA player and CJ McCollum, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, imagine, imagine if Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram were still Lakers, what you could have traded some of them for, and you know what I'm saying at this point in time. But I digress. But the Pelican and the Pelicans have the Lakers pick. They have every motivation to win this game and win it big. <laughs> like, I like. Whereas the Lakers, I, I really do feel like they're just trying to end this season. Where the Pelicans, they want to get into the play-in and, and see and show Zion for whatever uh, you know for whatever value that you believe that he has as a player. Show him that hey, we want you here, and this is an environment that you want to be in. Yeah, that's fair, and I and I do like what they got going on there. I think uh, Willie Green, he's a he's a really good coach. He's young. He's only forty years old. So he's a guy that can relate to those young guys. And he has them playing Detroit good basketball. Guy. Oh, he is? I didn't know that. Oh, well, there you go. Detroit. He's a, he's a uh, Michigan man, you know, very uh, stand-up guy then. You know he's from Detroit. So, yeah, I, I like what they got going on there, man. But it's I just hard for me to imagine. I know I said it before. I said the Lakers are going to beat the Pelicans twice. But the way they lost that game, I, I would have to imagine Lakers are going to beat them the sec- next time they play. But Why? I, but I can't Why? Comp- I mean, they're up 23, Martin. They were dominating. This is the NBA. They were dominating. This is the NBA. How many 20-point leads get blown on a daily basis? This is the NBA. Like our boy D says in the group chat, if you bet when somebody's down uh, 20, live bet, (laughs) you're going to be rich. It's over. Exactly. (laughs) If you you bet a team on the money line down 20 in the first half, you're almost guaranteed plus EV. (laughs) Got to be. (laughs) Got to be. Yeah. Now – now, uh, the Boston Celtics, they, they were the exact opposite of the Los Angeles Lakers in the second half of the season, right? They were 
honestly, exactly the exact opposite. Mostly homegrown. Very few, very few big trade applications that were added in. But Tatum, Brown, Marcus Smart, all of them were just on a tear since January first. I believe thirty and five, something just ridiculous like that. But Robert Williams, another homegrown Celtic, torn MCL, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Robert Williams with a torn MCL. I didn't think the Celtics' ceiling was a, uh, a championship in general. I thought they were a, a Eastern Conference finalist contender. This right here, this hurts. Uh, this hurts yeah. the Celtics a lot. Yeah, you can't. You can't even. Um, you can't overstate this. How much this hurts. I mean, he's a double double guy. Gets you two or three blocks a game, and the Celtics are already a pretty small team. So he was really their only true rim protector and guy that got you some type of presence down low. And now, I know we're talking about the Nets earlier, they should actually hope that they're the eighth seed and Boston remains the one seed. Because to me, I mean, that's that's probably Brooklyn in five or six games. Like that's how that's how vital to me Robert Williams was to that Boston team. It's wild. The top of the East. The Heat, 76ers, Bucks, and Celtics are all one game are within one game of first, as with the Heat currently holding the first place spot in the Eastern Conference. That's that's just ooh, that's stressful. You know what? I have a question for you though. The Celtics, I didn't think that their ceiling was a uh, was a super. Uh, I keep football is on my mind, bro. The Saints just signed Andy Dalton as quarterback, and you know what? I'm just happy they're signing quarterbacks to play quarterback. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all. I'm so happy about it. And now they changed the postseason rules for overtime, so now both teams is going to be able to get the ball, which I I'm not a fan. They should just kept regular overtime, and people should just been mad. I was fine with regular overtime. I didn't need to see Josh Allen again in the AFC Divisional Round. I didn't. I didn't. You know what I would have liked to see? Some Buffalo Bills defense. Anyway, the Chicago Bulls, though. I bet the Bulls minus three and a half last night versus the Knicks. Thought it was a lock. The Knicks, the Knicks are blowing 10-point leads every fourth quarter. What what happened to the Chicago Bulls? This I, I Do you think that – I think the two teams have taken, like, precipitous kind of falls since the All-Star break. As the Celtics have gone up, the Bulls have fallen, and the Warriors have fallen. And the Warriors haven't fallen in such a dramatic way, but the Warriors went from looking like a team that was definitely a finals a finals contender to a team that I worry about now. The Bulls look like an Eastern Conference Finals contender that can't beat the Knicks. So, which one of these teams, I mean, they're probably both on my no-bet list for the rest of the year, but which one of these teams do you think has the higher, I don't know, ceiling? All right, it's definitely Golden State. I mean, because the thing with Golden State is they've kind of had an uneven year, right? They started the year off without Klay Thompson for the first, what, 40 games-ish. And then as soon as he comes back, then they lose Draymond for an extended amount of time. Now Steph is gone for a couple weeks. We haven't really seen this team at full strength. And that's not even to even count James Wiseman, who's now not going to play at all this year, right, who would have been their true only legit center on their roster. So it's for, for me, it's Golden State because we've already seen this three win together, talking about, obviously, Steph, Clay, and Draymond. So I think when they get those three guys, and they should get them by the playoffs, especially uh, Steph, he should be back by playoffs, I think they have the potential to come out the West. Now, I'm not saying they are. I'm not predicting that. But when you look at Chicago, this is their first year with these guys, man. Like, and they haven't been there before. 
you know, obviously, like, Zach Levine's great, but he hasn't been in the playoffs. Uh, DeRozan's been going crazy, but he has been cooled down the last about month or so because he was on that tear looking like Kobe Bryant, scoring 30-plus every freaking night. He's cooled down. And I think the thing with them is finally catching up with them is the loss of Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball was a guy that kept that team together. He was the glue. Obviously, he's their best wing defender. He's their best passer, their playmaker. And they had Caruso gone for a while, too. I know he's back now. But Lonzo Ball is really a big loss for them. Two uh, former Lakers, too. (laughs) If you go just look around at the players that LeBron has traded off the Lakers, and you'll be like, damn, bro, that would have been a pretty good team (laughs) if you had just kept these guys. But, yeah, I think that the Lonzo Ball loss and Nick Caruso was hurt for a while. But it, that's why it gives me cause for cause for concern while I'm handicapping the Eastern Conference kind of going forward. Because if they get those guys back, I think that they, their backcourt is one of the best in the East. And then you look at honestly, if they can keep up above. Because here's the thing. They got the 76ers, Bucks, and Celtics. Like I said, all, everybody here jacking for second one game behind the Heat. If you can stay up in like 3-4 range and the net, like, because really everybody's trying to avoid the Nets in the Eastern Conference. But I don't think the Cavaliers or the Hornets or the, the Hawks are really teams that like are scaring people four out of seven games. You know, the Cavaliers maybe, but will Evan Mobley going down? I don't know. So that's what I just wonder about the Bulls because DeRozan to me does seem like he's a tough shot maker and shot taker like he's the type of guy that is like the biggest problem with him in toronto is that lebron played in cleveland right otherwise that team would probably have gone to some finals appearances instead of just running into lebron but i don't know i don't think the bulls have a high ceiling but i just think it's an interesting conversation to have because if they get their pieces right their guard play is really nice because they they're running a lot of colby right right colby white right now and that's not that's not the best thing yeah my thing for my thing with the bulls though that kind of gives me a pause for concern is the lack of interior defense like Nikolai Vucevic is a very good offensive player he's very skilled he can shoot the three ball and things like that but they don't have anybody that's going to scare you from driving into the paint and getting whatever you want inside and when it comes to playoff basketball teams are going to do that they're going to attack you get you in foul trouble and they don't have that guy that can protect the rim and if you're going against like a team like a Philly who has Embiid or Miami with Bam I just think those are very very unfavorable matchups for the Bulls when the game slows down in the playoffs yes they have a great guard play but we know in the playoffs the game slows down dramatically and it comes becomes really physical and I don't, I don't think Vucevic is really that guy when you're going against those type of centers in the east yeah especially you get to an Embiid or they got some. They got some big boys over there. I'm sure Chet Holmgren yeah. will have a lot of fun with those guys uh, next year. I mean, I'm even sure. like a Cleveland. You play Cleveland the first round. They get you know, Jer- Jared Markinen Allen and uh, Jared Allen. Yeah, and those are, there's some big fellas over there. Yeah, and Mobley's down now, but yeah, they they don't play small. Kevin Love is not even. He's not a small guy. He's not a, like necessarily a push around type of guy. But yeah, I like, wouldn't want to have like to low key Chicago. I mean, Cleveland's a tough matchup for Chicago, man. Like I wouldn't. I would actually think about making a play on that if that would that were to be a matchup i, I like it just, i like garland a lot too garland's nice now i would say the guard play would be the one that would give me i just DeRozan and levine i feel like just offensively would be able to 
to hit enough shots, but we're we're spending a lot of time on the, a potential four or five matchup in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> Before we get to dunked on, let's take a quick break. All right, Mark. You know it. People get dunked on both off and on the court. So let's talk about this week's dunked on. And I think that the first dunked on is is, is I don't I want your initial reaction to this because somebody for sure got dunked on. But I think the uh, the, uh, the the idea of who was the dunkee and who was the dunker is 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 one of the questions that will be debated on the internet for at least the next few months. Chris Rock and Will Smith. You've heard the story. You know the news. You've seen the video. Now you've seen the memes. Mark, your first reaction. Well, so obviously, like a lot of people out there, I was not watching the Oscars while it happened live. I happened to see it on my timeline on Twitter. And my initial reaction was, was this staged? That was my initial reaction, like my very first reaction, because obviously it's the Oscars and you know, you don't expect to see Will Smith walk up and slap Chris Rock. And then the way Chris Rock reacted and then the way Will Smith just walked off and kind of had a little grin on his face, I was like, was this scripted? But then I saw the unedited version and we saw that where Will Smith was yelling at Chris Rock and wasn't very happy with him. <laughs> you guys know what he was saying to him. And um, at that point, I was like, okay, this is actually probably real. Because why would the Oscars script this? Why would they want this? I mean, it, it just doesn't fit the brand. Like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I think, man, it's been a lot of think pieces on this, Martin. It's been a lot of think pieces on this, man. People are like, man, it's a lot of thinking going on. I think it's pretty simple here. I think the guy, Will Smith's been going through a lot the past couple of years, obviously, the Red Table Talk. That his wife got going on, you know, the whole August situation. There's a lot of stuff going on, man. I think he was fed up. He was fed up, man. And then he was laughing at first, though, when he saw the joke. But then you saw his wife. She wasn't feeling that. She wasn't feeling the joke. So then five seconds go, go by. He's like, oh, man, I got to do something. Because she, she wasn't feeling that. So he walked up and smacked that boy. And I, I, I applaud Chris Rock, though. I think he handled it so well to where that's why people thought it was scripted. Because <laughs> the way he handled it, he was like, wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting because uh, you and I, we're, I would say that we're not necessarily afraid to hold our tongues. Have you ever been punched in the face or slapped in the face? Immediately following something that you said before. No. No. Oh, wow. I definitely have. Wow. <laughs> I wow. De most definitely have. Um, but, and, uh, and I think that there is a valuable lesson in knowing that sometimes somebody just might punch you in the mouth if you say the wrong thing at the wrong time. I'm not saying that Chris Rock even said the wrong thing at the wrong time. I'm not saying that Will Smith was right to go punch him in the mouth. Slap him in the mouth. I should, I should, be, I should be specific. All I'm saying is there is a certain level of 
a part of the reason why I like football is because there's an immediate response when somebody makes a mistake, right? Like there's there's immediate like in basketball you can cross somebody up, everybody go ooh, but you missed the jumper and it doesn't really matter, right? In football, a guy falls down, somebody's gonna score. Guy falls down, somebody's gonna get hit, right? I'm not saying that is right, but that guy's not gonna fall down again, and if he keeps falling down. They're going to find somebody else to do his job, right? Because there's an immediacy of violence that is going to occur if this job is not done in the appropriate way. All I'm saying is I think there's a little level of benefit for uh, uh, for moments like that because I definitely I had a friend, had a friend. Well, I used to say this all the time. So it, would, it would save him a lot of trouble. If one time somebody punched him in the mouth, I'm not going to do it. But it's just the way he's talking and the way he moves, he moves like it can't happen. Like he moves like, like, like you're going like, like you're going to go to the manager or something like that. Like there is no real, there's no manager in real life. Like Will Smith was pissed off, right? There's no, who's he supposed to talk to about this? He's like to, to call the Grand Council of Internet together to be like, hey, guys, I'm not liking the fact that people are making fun of my wife, right? And to be totally honest, I don't even, he laughed at first. He seen her, he seen her face and said, oh, I'm supposed to go home with you today? This ain't going to be funny at all. I got to go do something because if I don't do something now, but, and then, how, and this is another thing. Maybe it's because I've been punched in the mouth before for saying something. But when Will Smith is walking up to you, what do you think he was going to do, Chris? <laughs> he was laughing up until the point he got smacked. That was the most underrated part of the video that nobody talks about. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was like, he like, he, 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 he like, like, he he like leaned like, in like, too. Was laughing. Here <laughs> he like, here come Richard. Because you know what? He th- he, I, I've seen the video a million times by now. I think when he leaned in, he thought yeah. Will was about to say yeah. something to him, like, off mic. Now, Will had something to say, but the <laughs> microphone caught it anyway. It was that big old smack. You know what I'm saying? So I just figured my biggest takeaway is that Chris Rock has been rich too long. Because if 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 he, if he hadn't have been rich for so long, he would have realized that this man is not walking up to me with pleasantries. But everybody, everywhere else that somebody else is not walking up to Chris Rock with pleasantries, he got security. It's over. That man never gets there. You know what I'm saying? You think Chris Rock is just walking the streets of L.A. by himself? Nah. But at the, Come on, bro. But at the like, same time, though, he's probably thinking, well, Will Smith has been rich for a very long time. There's no way he's going to smack me on national TV in front of all these folks at the Oscars. Like, we don't, no way he's thinking that. There's no bro. way. And, you, and and part of the reason why I feel like he was thinking that is because he has not been approached in a in a such a way of a man looking like he was about to slap him. You know what I'm saying? It's been a while. It's like it's like like like, like if you if it, if you, you ride a bike, I know you probably learn how to ride a bike and don't ride one too much frequently anymore. Seeing as you're an adult, you get in the car, right? So like, can you get in a bike and ride to the store? Sure, if I really have to, right? But like. Could you see a scenario in which that like a car jumps out in the street and all of a sudden you're swerving and you fall because you haven't been on a bike in 10 years? Whereas like, you know, 11-year-old Mark Gunnels 
would have just, you know, hopped up on the curb and wouldn't even have noticed. And the, and the driver of the car would have been having one of those moments that is like, oh, <laughs> man, my heart pressure. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I almost killed somebody. Right. Yeah. Where, and you wouldn't even have noticed. You know what I'm saying? But now because you're an adult, you're a father, you're a family man. You fall down, you got scrapes on your elbows and your knees because you don't got the reflexes that you once had. That's what happened to Chris Rock. He ain't been in a fight and way longer than the last time that you rode a yeah, bike. Yeah, man. And you could tell, like, afterwards, like, it really hit him when Will Smith went back to sit down and started yelling at him. He was like, bro, it's a G.I. Jane joke, dude. <laughs> he was so he was uh, he was for a loss of words, man. He really was, man. Like you could tell, like okay, this was real. Like this dude did not see that coming at all. But no, you make a good point, though. You make a good point, and I think that's gonna be valuable for Chris Rock for the rest of his life now. Like he probably needed that because now he's gonna, he's gonna he's gonna move he's gonna move differently now. Hey, I know this. <laughs> I feel like this. Yes, exactly. I, I'm not saying that Chris Rock's not gonna get up on stage, and he may not. He, He'll probably say things that are going to continue to piss people off. But I know this. He's going to have somebody <laughs> ready. If somebody comes and approaches him, he's going to be ready. And at first, I thought I would have tried to get back at Will Smith. And I will. Can't, I can't honestly say that in the moment, I wouldn't have. Because there's been plenty of moments in my life. I've never been at the Oscars. Plenty of moments in my life where I was like, you shouldn't have done that, Martin. But you did it anyway. Right, so I'm not gonna say I can't just sit here and be like whatever. But you know what I would have thought about one or two steps into going after Will Smith because it would have had to be if because you had to one two step to go get at him because Will Smith didn't turn around and stay to get hit in the face. You know what I'm saying? He slapped him and, and kept it moving. So you would have had to take two or three steps to go get at him. I, on about step three, I would remember, bro. This motherfucker played <laughs> Ali, bro. He played Ali. I, I, I played the president and down to earth. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are we going to do here? Because I think I'm about yeah. to get smacked up. <laughs> like, I, I would have been one of those. Like, ask somebody who's been in a few tussles. Sometimes you be in the tussle hoping that somebody's coming to break it up. Because you ain't got one <laughs> part left. You know what I'm saying? You're in the gas tank is on E. And I don't know if you and saw. I, I saw a but, tweet today because I guess he's, uh, Chris Rock is going on a, a tour pretty soon. And his ticket sales have just... Went through the roof, obviously. <laughs> that's why I was like, I need Chris Rock to say something. Chris Rock is not going to say anything until the next time you see him on stage. Which, to be fair, I wouldn't do it either. I would. I feel like if you, uh, whatever you do to me publicly, I'm going to do it back publicly. Now, it's like, Skip Bayless taught me that one. It's like, no, nah, I'll yeah. do it on the show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll do it on the show. I'm not going to tweet at you. I'll bring the whole situation. Yeah, so that first up. show he does is going to be show. streamed everywhere. It's going to be everybody's going to be watching that shit to see what he's going to say. What's he going to do? <laughs> I'm intrigued. I know this though. I know this though. Man, I can't imagine getting slapped in the face and going back and doing exactly what I was doing right before I got slapped in the face. Like I got, if you get slapped in the face, that's got to change your trajectory of the evening. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he uh, went you right back to what he you was mean doing. That night. Oh, okay. I get okay. slapped yeah, in the yeah, face. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I get slapped in the face at the Oscars, bro. I'm not about to read off the best documentary winner no more, bro. I'm like, yo, roll the nominees. I'm out. I just got slapped in the face. 
And I feel like everybody hey, should understand. And what's like point, I'm not about to blow the whole spot up, you think but I'm leaving. Realized that it was real because after he got smacked in the face and he said, "Oh shit." He's about to shit at me. They were laughing their ass off. I think they thought it was like a script at that point. Because <laughs> they were they were weak as hell when he said so, after that. <laughs> I, I was watching it live. I was watching it live. And at no point did I think it was fake. Now, mind you, again, I had already watched an hour and a half of this mess beforehand. Right? So I kind of had a, a, okay. a feeling of the beats of which it was going. I also have an intimate relationship with live television. So I kind of feel like, no, nah, that wasn't real. That was real. That was staged. That was hyped up. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I have a better eye for it than the average Joe. But also, too, I saw the way that Will walked up. And I was like, he ain't walking up the way everybody else has walked up. Everybody else has been sauntering up to this mug, taking their time, waving at people, shaking hands, kissing babies. Will Smith was on a beeline. <laughs> like Will Smith coat. Had 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 wind was flapping in the wind. I was like, okay, he, that boy mean business. I don't know what business he meant, but I knew he meant business. And then once I was because I was watching it, Mario goes, "Is that was that?" She's like, "Yo," and I was like, "Nah, that was real." And then they cut back to Will Smith now because the Oscars cut the sound out. Now I'm watching TV on the Fire Stick on my bootleg cable, so I'm thinking that something went wrong with the feed. Make a quick flip up and down. No, nah, the volume works. The Oscars cut the sound out. And then I saw Will Smith and years of being a professional sports watcher is training for this moment. I read the lips both times. I said, nah, Chris Rock just said Will Smith slapped the shit out of him. And then Will Smith just said, keep my wife's name out your motherfucking mouth. They not playing. And so then uh, my girlfriend's entertainment journalist. She texts somebody who was in the room. And that person texted back and said, nah, this is real. It's going down. Like, like, she's like, this is real. So I knew very quickly that it, I, but I never doubted the veracity of the moment. For whatever reason, I don't, maybe it's because I'm not a super award show watcher, but I just saw the way Will was came up. First off, I seen the way Will laughed and I seen the way Jada looked. Then I seen the way that he got up. I was like, I, he, he gonna do something. I thought he was gonna take the microphone and be like, you know, it was gonna be like a battle of, you know, don't talk about my wife like that in that moment but he said all he needed to say yeah see so i wasn't watching it live i just saw the videos on twitter and the sense that i got it felt like the crowd didn't really take it seriously until will smith started cussing from his seat that's the sense i got yeah dude that was that was the ultimate that was the ultimate until you know what else too the slap was so loud on the microphone that i at first thought that he hit the microphone like on some pro wrestling type deal. You know what I mean? But then when I saw Chris Rock say, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me on live television, on the Oscars. I mean, yeah, he wouldn't yeah. he wouldn't have just said that. Like, if that if this was a bit, he wouldn't have said, he wouldn't have cussed on TV. Like, that was a moment of shock. And sometimes when you're in that moment of shock, all you can really do is say just what just happened. I just have to repeat yeah. what just happened because that's just why. That's yeah. why. That's just what happened. That's just Dude, what I was happened. crying when he said that was the greatest moment in TV history. <laughs> hey, and I just like to. I, uh, I I feel like I I did I got some pretty good jokes off, but my best one was completely off the cuff. I said the Lakers are getting smacked around like Chris Rock. 
Uh, I was like, uh, tomato, like tomato, it. tomato, like tomato. <laughs> Where's the, the weirdest, weirdest place you ever got a haircut? I've ever gotten a haircut. Mm-hmm. Wow. I probably have to say in the basement of a freshman dorm room during my freshman year in college. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's not the yeah, worst. Yeah, I haven't have had, like have had no super See, weird you story understand that, you, but that's probably but the weirdest one. I used to get my hair cut in the basement off Seven Mile. My barber's name was Paulie, and uh, he was a Donny Hathaway impersonator, which I just couldn't believe that there was such a, a, a big market for wow. Donny Hathaway impersonators, right? Like, I, you know. Elvis, maybe, you know, but like <laughs> Donnie Hathaway, sure. And he's like, he shoots local Detroit movies. And uh, my friend sent me a video. He actually sent, sent me a, like, a, I don't know if this is a hood thing everywhere, but uh, Detroiters make Detroit movies. Like, they're like a literal movie with a plot and yeah. like actors, and they'll act in them. And it'll be like a movie about be, being oh, okay. in Detroit, like an hour long, like, like very low budget, like, so he does these videos, does these Detroit movies. There's like several classic ones that everybody knows about. I don't know if Paulie's in any, I doubt that he's in any of the classic ones, but he made one and he, somebody sent it to me yesterday. It had, it had oh, over 150,000 okay. views. Okay. So okay. I was like, wow, there you go. But I say I'll bring all that up because I don't know if I would want to get my hair cut courtside at a basketball game, but this guy in Minnesota did get his hair cut courtside in a basketball game. Now, I understand you're in Minnesota, so the idea of the black barbershop may be hard to reconcile, may be difficult to find, although Minneapolis got black oh, yeah. folk. Oh, yeah. They have to. But um, it's just, you know, it's just the Twin Cities, I'm sure, got some Negro barbers in there somewhere. But my man decided that he was going to get his hair cut courtside at a Timberwolves game, to which I just feel like you can't get the best haircut that no, you possibly there's no want way. there, right? I mean, I would want to enjoy the basketball game. Like, I, I want to come to the basketball game already with a fresh cut. Like, I already want to be in there, you know, looking my best. Especially if I'm courtside. I'm going to be on TV. So, you're getting your haircut during the game? Like, that's cra- that kind of reminds me of, like, it's a little different. Remember when AI used to get his hair braided on the bench? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean... <laughs> if there was Allen Iverson though was required to be there due to the yeah, strength yeah, of his yeah. job. This guy <laughs> got a haircut at any point in time. He decided to get and it was like, where does the barber plug things in? Where does the where where's the mirror? Yeah. Where the lighting should be pretty Where's good, the lighting? But... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> should yeah. be. It should be pretty good. But at this point, if I don't get a ring light over my head, I've been getting my haircut in LA for the last six years. If there's no ring light involved, I'm yeah, concerned yeah, you yeah, can't yeah, see, yeah, sir. Yeah, that's yeah, that's wild. That's wild. I would never. How much do you think a courtside haircut costs? I mean, two hundred. That's what I feel like. If it costs, how much more can it cost? I mean, than a ticket. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't know. And do you, do you think they have permission to do this? I think if you're courtside, you probably get extra leeway. Because, like, okay, you spent this much for this ticket. So it's like, hey, bro, you can kind of not do whatever you want to do, but, hey, man, you spent, what, thousands of dollars, I would imagine, for this courtside seat. 
So we're not going to be mad if you get a haircut. Just keep it clean, man. Just don't let the hair get on the court. Just just try to keep it clean. Keep it compact. <laughs> I just thought, I just, I just found that to be a fascinating. I love the guy had the Louis, he had the Louis uh, cape on, which is obviously a $10 cape. <laughs> You know, I see you, bro. You got your. So you tell me, you tell me that's not real, Louis. You, Come on, cool man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not thinking that. Uh, I'm not thinking that that was real, Louis. I'm not thinking that that was real, Louis. So, Mark, my lemon pepper parlay Dallas, minus for eleven today. and a half. I know there's a lot of points here, but look, the Lakers have lost by twenty, thirty, forty. We've seen it happen plenty of times this year. LeBron's not going to play. AD's not going to play. Dallas is one of the most efficient offensive teams in the league. It's in Dallas, so don't be scared of the points here. Dallas minus 11 and a half. And I'm also going to take the over on Giannis points at 29 and a half. I can't believe it's only 29 and a half. Look at this. In six of his last seven games, he scored 30 or more points. In a couple of those, he had 40 or more points. So I think against Philly in a playoff-type atmosphere, we know about the history between him and Harden. And NB, he's gonna want to show out tonight, so I like that play a lot. So Giannis over twenty nine and a half points, Dallas minus eleven and a half. That's my lemon pepper parlay. And for my lemon pepper parlay, I'm gonna take the Detroit Pistons Detroit basketball plus thirteen and a half versus the aforementioned Brooklyn Nets. We talked about them at length in this podcast and you know what i still believe all the things that we said but the pistons are going to cover 13 and a half and i'm parlaying that with cade cunningham over six and a half assists he's averaging like six on the season but his last four or five games he's been well over six uh so cade cunningham six and a half points pistons plus 13 and a half that's my lemon pepper parlay let's eat and that's it for the lemon pepper parlay basketball edition for Martin Weiss, that's Mark Gunnels. We'll be back next week.